Um, you know, we come together to worship uh, on Sunday, and um, normally we think of worship as including our sermon time. And um, this morning, I've been thinking quite a bit uh, about the meaning of sermon. And, you know, sermon, uh, if you see the word sermon, jangdao, it, it sounds like someone is standing and speaking and always giving it this way. But if you look back in history, they use many different methods to preach. And one of my appreciative areas is drama. I very much enjoy drama. And in history, drama was used a lot. It's really very, very meaningful because in that you can pay attention and watch the relationships and the attitudes and the way people relate. And so today we're going to watch a film and um, after the film, it's not too long, be patient, it's only it's less than 20 minutes. I know all of you who like to sleep in films can't do that today. None of that. But um, I want you to watch the film and watch for where God is in the film. Watch where you are in the film and think about what the church needs to learn from what we've seen, okay? Then in a few minutes, after we finish watching the film, we're going to have a little bit of time to discuss. And I'm going to, we're just going to try something new. And I warn you, this is only the beginning. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to do very much here at the very beginning of my time with you. But I really want to try this. And I want us to talk in small groups around where you are. So I hope you like the people who are sitting next to you. Because in a few minutes you'll be talking to them. Okay, so we're going to watch this film, and I want you to look where God is, and look where you are, and look where the church is, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes. Jesus wanted to get to the heart of an issue, he told a parable, a story that people would never forget. When I was a kid, something happened to me that I'll never forget. It changed my life forever. Rain shower, we'll have 580 degree sunny skies. And if the weather keeps on like 
Growing up on a farm was a great experience. My dad, mom, and brothers, we did everything together. We'd work hard in our fields all day. Then mom would fix us one of her big dinners. Lord, we thank you for these blessings and for this food that you have provided. Amen. Hey, we were able to go out and look at the wheat fields. Dinner was the best time for our family. David would talk nonstop about being a cowboy. And Charlie over there, he was always making us laugh. Dinner was certainly my brother Bobby's favorite time of the day. I'm Jerry, the oldest. I kind of had to watch out for these little guys. Mom and Dad sure had their hands full. And they used every opportunity to teach us something new about the farm and hard work, but mostly about love and respect. I guess you could say we were a pretty close family. Our farm was big, with wheat fields stretching as far as my eyes could see. Dad worked hard planting those fields, and by the end of the summer, the wheat would be ripe and the harvest would be ready to bring in. He'd say to us, boys, when the harvest is ready, we have to be ready, or we could lose the whole crop. I knew how important the harvest was, and I never doubted for a minute we'd be ready. But it wasn't harvest time yet. And on the farm, we had a lot of other work to keep us busy, like saddling up and moving our cattle to the south pasture. <laughs> Riding with Dad and Uncle John was always an adventure. And even when things were a little more than I could handle, Dad still believed in me. And somehow it always worked out. Once the job was done, before heading home, we talked just as men, about hard work, good friends, and of course, the harvest. I never left that pasture without learning something important for my dad. And I never left without bringing home something special for mom. While we waited for our wheat to ripen, Charlie and I would help dad haul hay. The two of us would work as hard as we could to see how many bales of hay we could bring in. You see, the more we brought in, the more we could brag to our friends when we went to town on Saturday. I remember that day because it was really hot, hotter than usual, even for July. And though my dad never complained, I could tell he was having one of those headaches. Sure thing, Dad. But we finished bringing in the hay and went straight to work on the combine so it would be ready for the harvest. Always amazed me how much work Dad could do, and I worked right along beside him. Like he did so often, Dad took us for a walk through the fields that night. The setting sun made everything warm and golden. Dad used to tell Bobby that God painted it that way just for us. We talked about the day we had together. We talked about the harvest. It wouldn't be long now. Dad said it was going to be a great harvest. It had been a long day. And I slept hard that night. 
so hard I didn't hear what was happening in our house. The next morning, I woke to voices, familiar voices, but they seemed out of place so early in the day. Why were they here? I wondered what was happening. I heard Mom and Grandma talking in whispered voices. Then Mom called us all together. Jerry, Charlie. Baby, I need to talk to you. Something has happened to your father. I looked into her eyes. I knew it was bad. Last night, he became very ill. We tried to help him, but there was nothing we could do. Your daddy died. But your daddy's in heaven. In an instant, our lives were changed forever. His headaches, we thought it was just the heat. Time seemed to stand still. hard time it is for us right now but we thank you so much for being here for us mom did her best to keep going mealtime was the hardest though we prayed for strength we needed each other now more than ever we missed him so much the next few days were busy ones Uncle John was the first one there to lend a hand. We all pulled together to help things along. Even our friend Amy would come by and help us with our chores. We'd walk through the fields talking and trying to make sense of it all. I remember your dad saying... It was Amy who reminded me that when my dad needed help, he would pray. And she thought that maybe we should, too. We did pray, and we talked about the good times and tried to look ahead. But ahead, all I saw were problems. I was worried about the harvest. It was coming soon, and like Dad said, if we weren't ready, we'd lose the whole crop. I couldn't let that happen. I didn't want to lose the harvest. I didn't want to let Dad down. Being the oldest, I felt such a responsibility. For the first time in my life, I was really afraid. I prayed that God would send someone to help. I thought that things would get better. But they only seem to get worse. The weather got hotter and hotter. And the wheat was ripening sooner than anyone expected. 
my worst fears were coming true. With Dad gone, there was no one to work in the field. It was hard, but Mom, all of us, we kept praying. It was early morning, and Charlie and I were at the barn feeding our horses. I used to love this time of the day, but now it was just a reminder that we were one day closer to losing our wheat. It was usually pretty quiet around our farm, but this morning there was a sound, faint and off in the distance at first. A kind of roar that was getting stronger and louder. to come and help us. Together, they did what no one could have done alone. And one day, they brought in the whole harvest. The harvest was finished. The wheat was saved. The fields were clean. Afterward, all the families gathered in the field north of the farm for the biggest harvest meal I had ever seen. I was amazed at how many people had come to help. It was a time to celebrate. Mr. Hanson and Amy's brother Tom. Mom couldn't believe that Aunt Sally and Mrs. Johnson were getting along so well. And there was Harry Bender and Mr. Sanders. Well, it wasn't that they didn't get along, it's just that they never did much together. 
Yeah, I knew I was part of something special here. But I guess the harvest is something that can bring people together. Uncle John said this whole day reminded him of the story in the Bible when a lot of people were hungry to know God, but there weren't enough workers to tell them. Jesus said, when the harvest is ready, pray and ask God to send people who will help. Well, that's what we did with our harvest. And it's a day I'll never forget. Helping with the harvest changed all of us in one way or another. It was time to come together. It was harvest time. come back to the farm and walk in the fields just like I did when I was a kid. These fields were my whole world. And the things God taught me that summer when I saw everyone come together to harvest our wheat have stayed with me all my life. Now I see the lesson of the harvest. There is another field. It's God's field. Filled with people who are ready to respond to Him. And just as my family prayed for someone to come and help us bring in the harvest, people all around the world are praying that someone would help them bring in the harvest in their land, in their city, on their campus. Everywhere I look, I see people who are lost without the love and message of Jesus Christ. And the urgency that we felt in our farm is the same urgency that exists today. We can all do something. We can pray, give, reach out to a friend, even go to another land. This could be the greatest spiritual harvest time in history, and that's why we are all needed. It's time to come together. It's harvest time. Over the past uh, few weeks, we've seen the testimony of some different people in Scripture. We've looked at Mordecai and Esther and others. And looking at their testimony, we saw people who were more concerned about others than themselves. They ran risks with their lives. They dared to step forward and be something of importance for God. And the result was God blessed it. Sitting around you, our brothers and sisters, take just a moment and talk for a few moments of where you saw God in this film. And then in a few minutes, I'm going to ask a second question and a third question. But just take a free moment and talk with your friends right now. Three to five people right around you. Maybe in front of you, maybe behind you. That's okay.
just communicate on where you saw God in the film. Okay? Where God was in the film. talk or not. Okay, another question I'd like for you to talk about. I want you to think about this. What was the role of the neighbors? Linju, what was their role in this story? And how did it impact the story? The neighbors.
All right, for a final question for us to consider, and this one in a few minutes, I actually want to hear a response towards. Um, is there anything in the story that can teach us something here at VCBC that can help us to uh, consider where we are in our walk and what we might need to think about for a response? Is there anything that will help us here at this particular church that we can learn in the story?
Okay? So, somebody tell me, where did you see God? Where was God in the story? Anybody? In nature. God was in nature, okay. Where else did we see God? In the family. Okay? Active in the family. Where else did we see God? In the neighbors. How in the neighbors? That's right. They helped. They dared to step forward even when they weren't being asked to, but they stepped into the picture. Where else do we see God? Answered prayer. We, we, we appreciate that assistance of the deeper voice from Brother Lou there. <clears throat> Where else do we see God? Okay, relatives? You know, there's, there's something, I, I even I re- reflected on this group as we were talking. If you grow up with an isolation without hearing God, and you're taught there is no God, or if you're, you're basically not someone who's sensitive to the presence of God, it's very difficult to find Him or to see Him, experience Him. Because we don't even think of it as a possibility. But in this story, the children were very sensitized because the family was dependent on God. And it made them know immediately when pain and problem came, God. Through the neighbors, we saw the witnesses. You know, the strongest sermon today we hear is through the witness of those, those neighbors who stepped in. It, it's through the way that the parents influenced their children. There's so many testimonies found within this story that say God is alive and well and wants to help us. Next question, last question. For us as a group, you've already discussed it. What can we learn for VCBC? What's going to uh, impact us or help us? Anything? Does this film have any value to VCBC? Now remember, VCBC is us. The church is the people of God, it's not the building. In fact, you will probably find over and over and over when people talk to me about I'm going to the church that I will say, oh, you're going to the church building. I say it all the time. I feel very uncomfortable calling this place the church because if this building burned down tomorrow, the church would still be alive because you are the church. So what can we learn that's going to help us as VCBC? Okay? We're all in the same boat. We have to do it together. That means good days, bad days. We do it together. Someone else? 
communication, talking with one another. Wow. Uh, you know, talking is dangerous too. <clears throat> but I agree, we must talk. So we must be risk takers. We have to say that we have to communicate our feelings, our emotions, our pain, our love, our care. If we'll do it, God will see our courage and He will bless it. It may not always be easy. You know, when I watch this film, I'm watching children about the same age as I was when my father died. And when I watch the response of the children, I keep thinking about what I was doing when, when my father died and the responses that I had. But the testimony of the family and how it worked and the communication and the talking. Okay, What else can we learn? BCBC. You're describing one of my culture shocks. You know, you guys all know, I mean, I've been here a whole one month effective today. (laughs) Gee, I'm really greatly experienced in what I'm talking about. No, I'm not, so I'm asking your help. I I know what I don't know, and I don't know a lot more than I do know. But the one thing that culturally... I've been going through, is trying to grasp the idea that indeed we are multiple congregations, including our Mandarin congregation, including the Cantonese congregation, but we're one church. And developing that one church and being sure that every congregation is going side by side, moving forward in the same direction, not easy, and it requires talk. We've got to talk. We've got to communicate with each other. And we need to pray for each other too. We cannot overemphasize the value of putting this in God's hands. Because I believe God has a great future for us if we'll be dependent on Him. Anyone else? What else can we learn for VCBC's benefit? Okay, we have to move on for the benefit of the harvest. That means we have to focus. It's easy for us sometimes to get sidetracked, to get, get distracted, to get frustrated. Sure, these things are serious. People have issues in our lives, struggles in our lives. But as the film says, even the struggles, the death of a father, the children not knowing what's going to happen next, The bottom line was, for them, we've got to remain in focus. We've got to leave it in God's hands and make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do, what God wants VCBC to do. If He put us here to be salt and light, I think He put us here for the purpose of going forward, not for just sitting still. What else? Yes. Okay. 
So we need to learn the prayer of this child. Not worried so much about what's on the outside, what may or may not be available, but uh, we do need to focus it toward God. We need to focus and do what, as much as we can do. Even then, as we, I watched the child. Not only did he pray, but he worked. He gave everything he could. I mean, he was out there sweating. This little bitty kid. I mean, I'm hauling hay. I know what it is to haul hay. And I've done that for hours and hours in my life. And it's hard work. And he was out there doing it at that age. Yeah, it's really tough. But he was focused in saying, this is something God can handle. You know, that's the one thing. He, he was frustrated. The little boy didn't understand what was going on. But ultimately, God can handle all of our problems. He's big enough to manage it. So we don't need to worry all the time. You know, we sit around worrying and letting these things... Somehow we think our worry, if we worry enough, then maybe all the problems will go away. But that's not scriptural. That's not what God teaches. Someone else. What else can we learn? Yes. That's right. It, it seems that uh, the family lost their leader, the father. Our church sometimes also has those same kind of experiences. And we could say here, we've lost some leadership in this church. And yet, as you word it, God still provides. And He may provide in a way we never dreamed. And that's okay. New is okay. But we do need to realize that God is in charge and God will provide and He'll take care of His church. That's one of the things I think all of us need to remind us ourselves of daily is God will not allow His church to just fall apart if we'll go ahead and be dependent on Him. He can protect it. We don't have to protect it. He can protect it. But we do have responsibilities within it and we need to, need to go ahead and give the best we can for our, in our contribution to the work. Someone else? I would love to get a brave soul from this side to say something, but, you know, you never know. Okay, okay. Bad things can happen even uh, when things uh, normally would be going well. But ultimately, even the bad things, God can make valuable and can get us through. Anyone else? Well, I, I think for me, I watched this film... Uh, and, and absolutely all that you've said is part of the kind of uh, teaching that it gives to me. Yesterday, I had two of my sons sitting down there that um, came through the immigration department to come into uh, Canada as they drove up from California. And I reflect on 
the fact that one day we will all be going through immigration at a higher state. And when we go to immigration, and that immigration lets us into heaven or not, as we stand before God, and God looks at us and He says, you know, why is it exactly, you know, this is the kind of questions they ask at immigration. Why are you coming here? And why should I let you come into my country? That's basically what God is going to ask of us all. Why are you coming here? Why should I let you into my country? We need to have a good answer. The harvest provides a good answer. If we will help people to find that answer, and we have to be sure we have the answer first, but then we have to help other people know what that answer is. And that is our role as a church. We are here for ourselves, yes, but also for the lost around us. And we want to see them have a chance to have the answer when they do stand before immigration in front of our Father. Let's have a word of prayer and pray for ourselves and for the church. Father, we thank You this day that we as brothers and sisters from the Mandarin congregation, the English congregation, any who come from the Cantonese congregation, we really welcome all as brothers and sisters who follow You. And we ask that You would bless us because we seek Your will for our lives, not our own. God, we pray so often saying what we want and asking for this thing and that thing and uh, many, many things for the wrong reasons. Father, today we ask that You put Your hand on our lives as the church, BCBC, as brothers and sisters who know that we are weak, as brothers and sisters who know that we our sinners, brothers and sisters who know we need to improve and have more love in our hearts. And yet, Father, we, we ask Your will be done in our lives. Because we do realize that Your harvest of the lost is a deep burden in the depths of Your heart and Your soul as You give us meaning and purpose in serving You. In Jesus' name.